0: This is the Life Church podcast. For more messages, to watch our live stream, or to find other events, go to LifeChurchNow.org. I'm going to need your help this morning, um, and I'm going to need you to raise your hand. This is an exercise. So, if you—I don't know if you're right-handed or left-handed—but I need you to uh, limber up a little bit. So, if you're right-handed, here, here's the deal. If you're left-handed, same deal. All right, all right. Are we ready? <clears throat> So I'm going to need your help this morning, Uh, I'm going to need you, right, are you ready? Yes. Oh, all right, all right, okay, so here you go. Um, We all have our favorites at Christmas time, and I'm going to ask you to indicate your favorite by, I'm going to have a a statement, it's going to have two options in it. After I read the statement stating these two options, then I'll go back, and if you prefer uh, option one, you'll raise your hand, if not, you'll vote for number two, all right? Two options. All right, pretty simple. So, with regard to Christmas, do you prefer a real Christmas tree or an artificial one? Those for real. Those for artificial. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoo. All right. Uh, how about snow or no snow? Snow. Uh, Alyssa is cheating. She did this the first service. She's voting twice, all right? No snow. All right. Um, Christmas turkey or Christmas ham? Turkey, where are our turkeys? Sorry, I didn't mean quite. Uh, Christmas ham, all right? Uh, How about, do you like opening the majority of your Christmas presents on Christmas Eve? Or Christmas Day? Christmas Eve? All right, Christmas Day. All right, that's the winner there. All right, banana nut bread or fruitcake? <laughs> I, I don't really know if banana nut bread is a Christmas thing, but I had to have something to pair with fruitcake. So, all right. Uh, banana nut bread. All right, fruitcake. cake. there were were a couple, their hands were not very high, and uh, now we know who to pray for, so all right, in-laws or no in never mind, took that a little too far, all right, we're gonna shift gears a little bit, I still need you to Stay limbered up here, because uh, this is one statement, a series of one statements. If one of these applies to you, would you raise your hand, all right? Don't be modest. Raise your hand, okay? Is there anyone here who is now or has ever been president of the United States of America? (laughs) (laughs) We'll pray for you, too. All right, uh, is there anyone here who's been on national TV more than 10 times in the past year? I should say on something other than America's Most Wanted. All right, okay, is there anyone here who is on the, currently on the Forbes list of 50 wealthiest Americans? I heard in my mind. <laughs> Again, okay, from a lot of people. All right. Is there anyone here who, if you were standing beside Iowa football coach Kirk Ferentz, anybody beside your mom would want your autograph? Okay, so what I surmise is that we're pretty much a bunch of ordinary people here. Would you concur? But here, let me, let me guess something else. My thought is that most of us would rather be something more than just... Ordinary. Now, we may have accepted some position in our mind in our life. We, we know who we are, we know who we've never become, we know where we failed, we know how long we tried to be something and never became it. We know all that. So so we assigned ourselves maybe to a position of ordinary, but in our mind, we would like to be thought of something more than just plain old ordinary. The Christmas story is all about ordinary. It's entirely about ordinary. The problem is that sometimes we, we, we encounter people in the scripture and we have this mindset. Everybody in the Bible, especially if they end up appearing in the manger scene on the top of my uh, mantle, uh, th- they have some unique prominence that is far surpassing my ordinariness. I want to take you a look at um, Uh, a passage in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. What happens here is an angel of the Lord appears to Mary, and most of us have heard this story lots of times, appears to Mary, and and we're to look at this encounter. There's several things that we can glean out of it that really have incredible impact to us if we get out of the way of assuming this is something about only some other folks and has no bearing on us. Here's the deal. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's, pregnancy, and we'll come back to Elizabeth in a minute, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, the virgin's name was Mary, now a bunch of ordinary stuff here, Uh, Nazareth, Nazareth, Nazareth and Galilee, Nazareth, no fancy place, a little small, little dinky place, off the beaten track, uh, no big deal, uh, nobody really cared, no one really knows anything about it, nobody wanted, wanted to live there, in fact, in John chapter 1, Nathaniel, when talking about Jesus coming from Nazareth, uh, he said, <laughs> can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Huh? It's a little bit like Hawkeye football fans saying, <laughs> Can anything good come come out of Lincoln, Nebraska? Huh? <clears throat> okay, we have a few Husker fans in our body, so pray for me. <clears throat> and then we, and we got Joseph. Joseph the carpenter, Joseph. Joseph, just getting started out in life. He's made no name for himself. Nobody knows anything about him. Maybe he's taken over for his father, maybe he's just getting started, but he's, he's nobody. Uh, a noble profession, that's just fine, all that. But, but he hasn't, he's no claim to fame. He's not been in woodworking magazine yet. All right? And then, then you got Mary. Mary, 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 Mary. She's, she's just a common teenage girl. And if you know much about Jewish history, she may just barely be a teenager. And you want to know something else? She's getting married to Joseph. Well, whoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Joseph didn't choose her. It's an arranged marriage. Two families get together and said, hey, I think this would work out well for us. How much will you give me to marry my daughter? Da-da-da-da-da. Okay, that works. That's what's going to happen. Elizabeth, barren old aunt of Mary, who somehow in the world gets pregnant but she's known as unfruitful all right so in this context this angel comes to mary to make these announcements and 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 old mary i mean she's just ordinary And so you have to understand an ordinary person interacting with this angelic message and and put yourself in the place. So we have verse 28, the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. I think this is one of the most hilarious passages in all of scripture. Mary wondered what kind of greeting this would be. Well, I guess. And you will notice it does not say that Mary was troubled. It says she was greatly troubled. I mean, you've got to be wondering what the heck is going on? What is going on here? What's this message? Hey, I'm used to, uh, I kind of think maybe this might be headed in a direction that's not all that great. I get all these calls, said Mary, all the time on my phone from these extended warranty f- car companies, and they're trying to sell me something. Tell me your warranty's about to expire, and you need to. There's some sales pitch apparently about to be made on my life. That's what all this drama is about. Or maybe she sings, I'm being buttered up. Someone is trying to sell me a bunch of goods, and then they're going to lower the boom. Take me to task for something. What's the real message here? Mary's wondering. What is it? What's going on? And the bottom line, she has to be very afraid. It says greatly troubled, but she has to be very afraid. Okay? Mary here's what I want here's what is so important one of my favorite passages in all of scripture and as we go through the message you'll understand I have a lot of favorites but a favorite passage in all of scripture has to do with the prophet Elijah and, and if you know much about the prophet Elijah uh, you will know that in the Old Testament uh, he was used by God to do some amazing things one particularly was that he called fire down from heaven in the midst of a bunch of prophets of Baal and it, and it burned up a water soaked Sacrifice uh, burned up the entirety of all the rocks on the altar and all the water around. And then he got scared and ran away and got really all, all undone, which is like us too. But the great thing is this, and then he prayed that rain would come. It hadn't been raining for a long time, but in James, in the New Testament, it says this in talking to us about we should be praying, remember? Elijah, he was a man just like us, says the scripture. Mary, sitting here with an angel in her face, was a person just like us, so she's afraid. The angel says, <clears throat> verse 30, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Now again, Mary's going through all this stuff in her mind. And I don't know why I should have favor. Why should I have favor? What have I done? I'm nobody. I'm just a common Hebrew girl. I'm no better than anybody else. And at that point, Mary was not being uh, unduly humble. She was just a common Hebrew girl. And so she goes, there's nothing unique about me. I'm no different. And here's a challenge. And I know depending on what kind of tradition you've been raised under, we praise Mary in really, really, really high esteem. And, and sometimes Mary is actually worshipped. But Mary is correct. She's not speaking untruth when she says, I'm no better than anybody else. See, we get this notion about biblical characters that somehow they're so wildly different than us. And Mary, oh my gosh, was she called to a unique task? Yes, but she was not any better than anyone else. It was not like God said, hey, I don't know who I'm going to find for this task, but we're going to go looking around. Who deserves to have a baby who becomes the savior of the world who actually is my son? Just becomes pregnant miraculously. Who deserves that? So, so he steps up to this contest. He steps back a year before when he's planning to make this announcement and, and have this, this woman become pregnant. And he says, okay, it's going to be a virgin, and, and there's just going to be a miraculous uh, birth. It's going to be incredible. But someone has to be worthy to do this. So I'm keeping my eye on every virgin in the nation of Israel. I'm going to find out for the next year who merits this Thing the most. And so it goes down the line and he gets a couple of weeks away from ready to choose who the person is and he says uh oh, here's a big group we have to exclude because they've become pregnant. And then, and then he says ah, of all the virgins that are left who has been the most faithful to my commandments, my Old Testament commandments, who has been the best, who deserves this? And that's not what happened at all, and Mary knows it. She says, "Yeah, I am I, I, a Hebrew girl, and, and, and I'm trying to do things right, and, and I've been following the rules." I'm not married yet, and I'm planning not to have intercourse with my uh, husband-to-be until we get married, but uh, I haven't done anything unique that makes me deserving of this ability. And so for for the angel to say, you have found favor... Yeah, because I have no idea why. I certainly didn't earn it, is what Mary would say. So, verse 31. Mary, Mary's still having a little trouble wrestling with this issue of of all of this. And she says, how will this happen? (laughs) How is this possible? Translation, I don't think it's possible. Mr. Angel Guy, God may have left out a detail or you weren't listening. I'm a virgin. And so, Mary is, I'm not qualified. I can't do this. Stuff that we all think, we all wrestle through. Mary was a human being just like us. I I haven't done, I haven't been prepared. I haven't studied. I don't know how to do this. I don't know even, I don't know how, I, I don't know how to be a mom, let alone a mom to God. So she's normal. She's normal. She has her doubts. But the angel of the Lord says some very specific things. He says four principles to Mary to clear some things up that she has missing in her understanding. And there are four things about how God works with ordinary people that apply to each one of us as well. The first one is this in verse 28 and 30. We've touched on this already a little bit. But the angel had said to Mary, greetings, you who are highly favored. Mary, you have found favor with God. And so you are tempted to think, most of us are, because we've sung this, uh, the Christmas story, we've read it so many times, we've got the nativity set, we've sent out the Christmas cards, yada, 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 yada. And so isn't this favor that God is speaking of to the angel, isn't this really just about favor for Mary to be the mother of Jesus? And I'm proposing to you, I'm going to prove to you, no, the favor of God was not just for Mary. It was the introduction of the notion of favor, we'll get to that, but it was not favor for Mary alone. There was a reservoir of favor that is for all of God's people, all believers in Jesus, for our own unique calling. She had a unique calling, no doubt. But she didn't deserve an assignment for God any more than you deserve an assignment for God for which you cannot carry out, have not been trained for, or unqualified for. God bestows you favor if you trust in him, no matter whether you feel favored or not. No, no, no matter whether you brought forth a baby in bethlehem or not John 15:15 15, 15. now this is this is words to all believers this is well after the birth of jesus jesus says, i no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business i have called you friends for everything I have learned from my father I have made known to you. Romans 8:16 The Spirit the Holy Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Not strangers not foreigners not outside the family. Now, if we are children then we are heirs. Heirs of God. Joint heirs with Jesus. We're in the will. Ephesians 2 says, for we are God's handiwork. An earlier version of uh, the NIV says, craftsmanship, which I love that word, uh, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We were not made on an assembly line. There are specific things God said, I'm gonna put into into Alyssa this and this, and we're gonna adjust that and it's gonna be so much, much different than Brian, and, and this and that, <laughs> how about a little of that? We are God's, you are God's workmanship. Not an old crap, I've got a Christmas order, someone wants me to make something, I'm gonna do this really fast, oh, that's good enough. Hello? All right, so Peter 2 says this You, you believers in Jesus, are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Once you were not a people of importance. But now you are a people of God. Once you were not, had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You have favor in the eyes of God. Here's the bottom line. Favor equals grace. It equals goodness we did not deserve. In, in, in the New Testament, there are six times when this word is translated as favor. Favor. There are 130 times where the Greek word here is translated as grace. All that is so you can understand to have favor just simply means to have the grace of God. Goodness available to you that you did not deserve, you did not earn, there was nothing you had anything to do with acquiring. It was made available to you. And your name's not even Mary. No. So God, so God shows up at Christmas time. He shows up with the birth of his son. He shows up with announcements about it. He shows up to Joseph and he says, hey, you're supposed to call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. So he pronounces salvation. But the other thing is he pronounces grace, favor, favor. Now, most of us think that in the Christmas story or the story of Jesus at all, the the, the, the real emphasis of grace comes at the end of his story, in Easter. He dies for our sins, which we did not deserve, which we could not pay for ourselves. But grace shows up at the beginning of the story, favor shows up at the beginning of the story, favor, the goodness of God shows up at the beginning. At Christmas, it's a season of favor. Now, some of you may know that you can have more than one favorite. I have three children. Christy and I have three children, all grown, all married. Caleb is uh, my favorite firstborn. (laughs) He's my favorite son. There you go. Uh, And he's the dad of two of my five favorite grandchildren. Karis is my favorite middle child. She's also my favorite person living in England. And so, that being true, tomorrow I will gladly drive to Chicago and O'Hare Airport to pick her up and bring her back to stay with us for a month. Kira is my favorite youngest daughter. My favorite first grade teacher. And she happens to be the mom of the remaining three of my favorite five grandchildren. We can have multiple favorites. God has more than one favorite. You're one of the favorites, you are favored. Most of us love Christmas lights. We like Christmas lights so much we drive around to watch them. It seems like Christian and I were noting that it seems like there are more Christmas lights this year outside than in most recent years. Maybe it's because uh, the warm weather lasted so long, I don't know for sure, but uh, there's just a lot of Christmas lights out, it seems. Now, some of us favor just clean white light on the outside of our house. Some of us like multicolored lights. Some of us like to keep things kind of simple. And some of us decorate every blade of grass in the yard. <laughs> and for some of you, some of your favorite Christmas lights are the tail lights as people leave your house after everything's all over. <laughs> the favor of God is announced in another part of the Christmas story, uh, however, not just to Mary. Favor prom- has a prominent role in the story with as you will remember with the shepherds. Luke 13, 2, 13, says this. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now, let's stop for a moment. Let's talk about shepherds. Aren't they wonderful with their little baby sheep standing there in, the, in, 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 your, in your manger above your mantle? Isn't that really cute? Little baby sheep there, and the shepherds all around. And it's are really cute, really nice. Shepherds, for the most part in society, were deemed to be repugnant people, to some degree or another. First of all, because they're out there 24-7 uh, tending their flocks, taking care of them. And, and, and there's no shout. no water necessarily if they're tending their flocks at night or in the day they stink Okay, and so because of their schedule sometimes they were not able to be part of all the religious festivals and all the uh, requirements all week long and all that kind of stuff sometimes unless they had enough help that they could trade off those kind of things but most people, you know how it is if you own a business uh, uh, you're getting by on the least amount of employees you possibly can I and mean, that's how you make the most uh, uh, of all that's going on uh, and maybe these shepherds I don't know if this was true of these shepherds but maybe they were they, they had this special connection and relationship maybe they were contractors for the temple for the priests at the temple who required perfect sheep to be sacrificed and so what became to be known is, don't even bring your stinking sheep from your house because it won't be good enough. You have to buy one of ours. And they contracted with people to raise these supposedly superior sheep. So, people around the community already knew that shepherds were part of a system that was ripping them off that they really had no say in. Shepherds were nobody. And yet the angel shows up and says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those upon whom his favor rests. Now, one other little problem here in the King James Version, what we know of this translation of scripture, what we've heard, what we sing, what we see in Christmas carols, what is all over non Christian material is this peace on earth, goodwill to men. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Peace on earth. So, the message of Christmas is what's being insinuated. Peace on earth is that you should be expecting what God came here to do was to bring the end to all turmoil. I do not know how long you've been alive. (laughs) I've extended family that I don't get to choose whether they're (laughs) in my line or not. There's a great deal of evidence that there's no peace that has reached everybody. This peace has nothing to do with the absence of fighting. This peace has nothing to do with the absence of military presence, although that's what it's depicted to be. This peace is about a relationship between human beings and God, a peace between that relationship. Satan, through Adam and Eve in the Garden of of Eden, had uh, planted enmity, division between God and human beings. The Old Testament, all of it, proved that no one, no rule following, not a stinking thing, could fill that gap. The message of Christmas, is not only is God with us, but... There is now going to be a way for that tension unfulfilled by any other means to be satisfied because Jesus is present and he's going to fill that gap of a relationship and now restore peace between individuals and human beings. In this life, you should give up on this notion that there's going to be a utopia possible on this earth. That's really harsh, and it's really politically unsavory. I get it. The scripture does say, as far as it goes with you, live at peace with each other. But it never promises, and this passage should never be mistaken as a promise that in this world, God is ever going to have a utopia where there's no conflict existing. But, so it begs the question well, then upon whom does God's favor rest? An issue is those who believe. Those who believe. Those who believe. Now, there's no doubt that Mary stands in a favored position. And we should honor people who God has made pronounced examples out of but but i need you to hear this the reservoir of favor from which the assignment from god was dispensed to mary is not one different or one ounce deeper than the reservoir of favor god has available for all of his children different assignments same God, same favor. So, the angel says, hey, there, there, there's something. <laughs> something else you need to know, Mary. Verse 28, the angel went to her and said, greetings, you are out of favor. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Um, oh, yeah, the Lord has to be with her. <laughs> He's going to need to be with her. Because, my gosh, what, 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 what a lot of stuff to do. But, you will remember... It makes a great difference um, if you know that God is with you, but you don't have to even know that God is with you for Him to be with you. And in verse Matthew 28 19 and 20 it says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, all you believers, not Mary, all you believers, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I will be with you always at the very end of the age. Romans 8. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, neither anything in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love from the presence of God that is in Christ Jesus. When um, my daughters were young, uh, at that point uh, they were sharing a bedroom. We had two bedrooms for three children at that point, and there came. uh, Karis is two years older than Kira. At one point uh, uh, in upper elementary, Karis had the first opportunity to go spend uh, the night at somebody else's house. So she goes and spends the night, and so Kira is going to bed for the first time by herself in her room. Kira is fearful. Kira is crying. Kira requires quite a lot of consoling for her to be able to go to bed. Here's the deal. When Karis is home and goes to bed with Kira, mom and dad are downstairs. When Karis is gone and it's just Kira going to bed, mom and dad are downstairs. our kids were younger, it was very common that uh, because we hadn't had time to do before uh, because of a lot of reasons, but uh, after kids were put to bed on Christmas Eve, sent upstairs and then, then we would be wrapping presents preparing them, putting them under, under the tree they had no idea what was going on in the early ages whether they knew or did not know did not change that something was going on same is true with God and you God, whether you see it, whether you feel it or not, God is always up to something in your life. He's working some things out. He's making some plans. He's preparing some stuff. He's preparing you. The absence of your awareness of his presence doesn't change that his presence (laughs) is still real. All right? And the last thing, Mary goes... Oh, Mary goes, hey, uh, the angel goes, one more thing here, Mary, Luke 35, 1.35. The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One will be born in you is called the Son of God. The power of the Most High will overshadow you, overwhelm, uh, blanket, uh, surround, uh, usurp who you are so that what comes out of you is something greater. Acts 1.8 says, and you will receive, you believers, will receive power, and the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That you will enable you to be my witnesses in Corville, in Iowa, in the Midwest, and wherever else I give you a voice, says the Lord. Hey Mary! One more thing, though, and this is the kicker. Verse 36. <laughs> Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative who has conceived, ha, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month of her who was called the barren. <laughs> For nothing is impossible with God. You know Elizabeth, poor old Zachariah, he might have amounted to something. Had he not been married to Elizabeth? I know he's in the ministry. He's a priest. But he ain't a favored one. Because it's darn clear that God is not with these people, really. I don't know how Zachariah continues to get to be, except for the family line. You need proof, Mary? There's is of the proof. The lady's barren means God has deserted her. And the angel said, hey, I have some incredible news for you, Mary. (laughs) Elizabeth, you know her. (laughs) She's got a baby bump. Mary, it's proof of what I, what I will do for you. Look what I've done here. Look at Elizabeth. That was an impossible situation, Mary. Remember how I created man out of dust? I know I know you're not you're not a theologian, but I know you've been treated you've been raised well. I know you've been taught well, Mary. Remember how I created a woman out of the rib of man? Remember that I did something uh, for stammering Moses? Remember what I did with those million Israelites when I completely parted the Red Sea for them to pass through on dry ground? Remember how I gave that shepherd boy, you know, you remember David, the courage to kill a bear and then a lion? And And you remember, you remember what happened to Goliath with a slingshot and one smooth stone? (laughs) Remember? And to us, living here and now with the New Testament behind us, Jesus says, the angel of the Lord says, remember how with authority and power, uh, Jesus preached the good news of the kingdom and healed diseases and sicknesses? Remember when I was hanging on the cross with blood flowing down my face, I cried out, it is finished, and and canceled all your sin, making eternal life a, a possibility for you. Remember how three days later the tomb exploded open, and I was raised to life again, triumphing in hell, death, and the grave. Remember how I sent the Holy Spirit on the disciples, and old Peter, you know old Peter, he preached a message, and 3,000 people got saved in one day. Some of you will remember I called a man from Panama by way of uh, Texas and Bangladesh and California. And 15 some years ago, he ended up here planning a church and he had never done that before. You remember about five years ago when, when a group of people who really had no uh, wild provisions uh, came up with a million dollars to take possession of this place and turn it into a place where, by the way, do you remember the things you've seen here? Do you remember the baptisms you've seen? Do you remember the stories of people talking about the changes that I've made in their life? Hey, do you remember? Nothing is impossible for your God. I am that I am, says the Lord. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm the same in 2020. I'm the same at the end of 2020. I'm the same in 2021. And I will be the same for the entire duration of your life. And I who began a good work in you, I will see it on to utter completion because, (laughs) because remember, nothing, it's impossible with God. I'm going to have you stand. But one other thing, Mary, and this is the kicker. Verse thirty eight. Mary said, "I am the Lord's servant." May your word to me be fulfilled. What the angel said, I just need one thing from you, Mary. I need you to believe what God has said. In the previous version of the NIV, the words are, for Mary may it be unto me, just as you have said. And so I'm going I'm to ask you, you don't have to say this out loud. But right inside, you might be needing to say, Jesus, may it be unto me. To me. Just as you have said. So what is that you need to believe? At least four things that the angel punctuated for Mary. Do you believe you are favored? By God? Do you believe God is present with you? Do you believe the power of the Holy Spirit makes a way all of a difference? Do you believe nothing is impossible for God? Now I, I, I want you to I'm not trying to sugarcoat things you know how long Mary had to wait for this specific thing to come true? 30 years.' And then some excruciating things she saw. It's a good thing God didn't tell her the whole story, huh? But Mary has no more favor dispensed to her than you have dispensed to you. Father in the name of Jesus. I'm just asking that you would help us embrace the truth of the Word of God. Help us understand the depth and height of the favor we walk in. Thank you, Lord.